We're rushing into the new year as fast as we can. And what comes better with the new year than a new movie? This week, we're talking about Bullet Train. How Star Wars is it? Well, hello there, Mike. Hi, Josiah, and good morning. Good morning, good evening, and good night. To all of you listeners, to this, the one, the only podcast, How Star Wars Is It? The podcast where we try to to determine how Star Wars things are. And eventually yeah. we are going to yeah. review everything on a scale yeah. of one to ten of how Star Wars that thing happens to be. Yes, correct. What does um, that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> look, hey, look. Hey, what does that? Hey, what does that mean? There's Star Wars movies. You know, Luke yeah. Skywalker. Yeah. Babu Frick, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also Star Wars television shows, animated and live action. There are also Star Wars books, comics, video games, friggin' posters. Posters. <laughs> Take all that Star Wars stuff throw it all into a pot and boil mm-hmm. it all down into a goop. A and goop. that's a chili. That's a Star Wars chili. And that chili, because it's all things Star Wars, is a perfect 10 out of 10. And we are holding everything up against that chili and trying to determine how close to that perfect 10 it gets. For example, Return of the Jedi, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. It tastes, if you were to take a scoop out of that bigger chili and pour it into a bowl, that's Return of the Jedi. Absolutely. That's, that is what it is. But pumpkin spice lattes, not a 10. I don't remember no. what we gave it, but it wasn't a 10. Me neither. Now, you might be asking, have you guys talked about the concept of moving? And I would tell you, we have twice. <laughs> Yeah, 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 we, that's right. We did a sequel to Moving because that's how we roll, baby. <laughs> and now, here we are in the new year. It is the year 2023 now. We began the show when? 2018? Uh, yes. Like, that no, can't no, no, no. Be. 2019. 20, uh, spring of 2019. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Absolutely bonkers that we've been here this long. And this this episode, cracking off a new year here. We're talking about the recent film by, uh, directed by David Leitch, or Leitch, uh, who did John Wick, among mm-hmm. many others, Bullet Train. Bullet Train. Starring Brad Pitt. Yes. Uh, again, also among others. Of course, it's a fucking movie. <laughs> it's a fucking movie. Of course, it's got, it's got Brad Pitt in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a movie. <laughs> Brad Pitt's in every movie. Right. Don't you know that? Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> Yeah, you did know that, of course. Um, now, this movie um, only came out very recently as of us doing this recording, but um, we just a couple weeks ago went to um, Las Vegas for Thanksgiving, and it was showing on the plane prior to its recent, more recent release on Netflix. And I was like, hey, I hear this is like great. And so we watched it, and it was. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. I really liked this movie. It's really good. It was surprisingly good. Yeah, it's like the premise alone is not like necessarily the type of movie I would be drawn to. I, I still have yet to see any of the John Wick movies for that matter or um, 
Atomic Blonde, which I think was also that guy. Maybe I'm yes. making that up, but um, no, you're right. But like, I it it brings to mind um, Lucky Number Slevin and sure. Smoking Aces, which I feel like yeah, came out yeah, on yeah, the yeah, same yeah, day yeah, and yeah. are the same movie. In that nobody same, saw them. <laughs> those are the same movie, for but sure. I think I did see Smoking Aces for whatever reason, and like I haven't seen either of those. It just like it. It isn't inherently a movie that I'd be like, yeah, I gotta see that. But like, I'm so glad that I like am on film Twitter to some degree because like people talked this movie up, and I was like, oh, I guess I'll watch that. And I was just like, kind of blown away by how fun it was. It's super fun. Wait, you're on film Twitter? Did you hear about Goncharov? No, what's that? You don't know about Goncharov? No, I don't even know what word you're saying. Are you saying entourage? Goncharov. Uh-uh. What is that? It's the 1973 Martin Scorsese movie starring Robert De Niro. Okay. Uh, it's like one of the best Martin Scorsese movies ever made. I've never heard of that movie. It's because it's fake. Okay, you, you're going to have to explain. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> so, so Tumblr, it, Tumblr just made up a, a thing that there was this movie called Goncharov, G O N C H A R A R O V. Okay. That's that was a 1973 Martin Scorsese film starring Robert De Niro, and that it's the greatest mafia movie ever made. Um, and it's just fake. It's just not real, but they Weird. just like, they just make a, uh, like there's a whole cast for it. It's, it's in the criterion co- collection. It's really good. Al Pacino's in it. Um, like Gene Hackman's in it. Uh, like all, they have a whole cast. There's like, um, posters. There's like discourse about the movie as if it's real. <laughs> And it's all just made up. And That's fake. so weird. I don't know how I, that this has eluded me. It got onto Twitter a little bit, but I think it was mainly on Tumblr. Ah. Well, no, it's not that. But anyway, this is not a that. movie called Bullet Train that just came out. This the is- premise is you know how um, Die Hard came out, and then every movie studio was like, "Okay, we're going to do Die Hard, but it's on a boat, or it's on a bus, yeah. or it's on a um, <coughs> this, or or it's for kids, and it's called Home Alone." Yeah. Um, this is that same thing in terms of like a one a one line pitch. Die hard on a bullet train, yeah, but totally. it's not really. It's it's um it's more like smoking aces on a bullet train. <laughs> yeah, it's a little more complex than that. Yeah, I need to see smoking aces apparently. Yeah, I don't remember it that well, but I do remember that it's like a bunch of assassins kind of going after the same thing, if I remember correctly, and and that is kind of what this movie is. There are like a bunch of assassins from all over the world um, and they're all plus or minus kind of going after the same target which happens to be on the bullet train in Japan that goes, you know, super, super fast and it only stops at each station for like 60 seconds before going again. Now, I watched this movie a couple weeks ago, like I said, and... To remind myself kind of what happened, I watched a couple of YouTube videos today, a recap and like a review, and I realized it is like um, 
someone describing a dream to you yeah, hearing, yeah, yeah. hearing the plot like boiled down into like a 10 minute synopsis because like it is really crazy and convoluted yet you never feel lost no but like hearing someone describe the actual things that happen is like <laughs> yeah i guess that is what the story is <laughs> yeah Mike sold it to me by being like, this movie is an improv show. Yes. I, when I, uh, halfway through, I was like, man, or maybe even more than halfway through, I was like, they're not shying away from going down weird avenues that just seem fun. Yeah. It it truly felt like the script was being written as it was being, like, as it was unfolding in front of me in the way that a really good improv show feels that way. And there's there were so many like cutaway gags or cutaway scenes right. to be like let's it's like something happens or like in, backstory in... like like it would be the improv equivalent of like a tag run like a exactly. scene is happening and then someone like here's some uh, we're both improvisers by the way um, if if a scene is happening and well if you listen to our Patreon this week that's debatable <laughs> yeah. Um, but like if if someone off off stage hears some funny thing that one character in a scene says, they might tag out the other uh performer so that they can like play with that idea. And like the thing that comes to mind is like anytime we meet a new character, we give we get like a little backstory of theirs or like the entire sequence that was just from the point of view of a water bottle throughout the entire yes. it, its entire journey on the train. Like I I just like the the tone of this movie was just dynamite. Yeah, it's very, it's very like it knows exactly, it knows exactly what it is. Yeah, like it's never not high stakes action, but it's also never not funny. Funny. Yeah, yeah. But not in the way of like Marvel or like Deadpool, which I realize is Marvel, but like Deadpool has its own specific sensibility. Yeah, totally. It's like, well, this director better? did do Dead. This director did do Deadpool too. So right. There, there is that feeling of like high octane, like quippy fights, right? But it doesn't Almost, feel have like. Have you seen Crank? No. With Jason Statham, where like if he doesn't do action movie shit, he dies. <laughs> no, really, that's amazing. <laughs> the premise is like he's got some kind of thing in his heart, and his adrenaline always has to be going, or else he will die. So like the what? movie, the movie is just like action because if there isn't action he will perish and there's two of them <laughs> that sounds incredible yeah it has it has kind of that energy of just like what if we just made like the coolest movie yeah what if we that that's so yes there's like this movie is stylish yes yes it's got a lot of style to it and it's like they they went in being like let's just make the coolest choice every time yeah right like in a really cool way even like the name of the snake the boom slang the boom slang like a great name rolls off the top by the way listeners if you are hearing us talk about this movie and we're kind of all over the place because this movie is also kind of all over the place um and you're interested in seeing it it is on netflix yeah um and, and I, I recommend say, it. I recommend it too. I would say if you want to watch it, stop the episode, go watch it, and then come back and finish the episode because we probably will spoil it. Yeah, yeah, right. We always spoil stuff. I'll Although I don't know how much there really is to spoil. Well, you like, know, a it's lot funny. of people die and all that, but like, it's a lot of people die, but there's also a little bit of a mystery going on. Yeah, that's true. 
because you're like, why is everything happening the way it's happening? Yes, right. And and it takes a while for all the dominoes to fall into place, and then you realize like, oh, it's all connected, but you don't know exactly how it's all connected till the very end, right? Um, so the high level premise, the the kind of point of view character is Brad Pitt. He plays um, an assassin who was off on leave for a while, like to try to like clean up his life he's very unlucky the the, yeah. the whole thing kind of hangs upon his l- level of luck um and his code name in this movie is ladybug which is like a lucky bug in japan apparently mm-hmm. um and he has to get on this bullet train and get a briefcase and get off That's it's it. like such a macguffin fetch quest movie and then crazy close quarters combat ensues. Yeah, it's just constantly. Because also on this train are something like five other assassins who are yeah. all after either that briefcase or the person who kind of comes with the briefcase, the son of the Yakuza's the guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, so- then there's the white death as portrayed by Michael Shannon, we find out. And mm-hmm. um, one of the assassins is, again, here now, spoiler, this is your last chance, everybody. One of the assassins, as we come to find out, is it, it's this little girl, and we find mm-hmm. out that she is the White Death's daughter. Yes. And she's been manipulating everybody by being like, I'm a just innocent little girl. She's like dressed like Dora the Explorer. Like she's, she's like a little girl. She's the chick from uh, The Kissing Booth, those bad Netflix movies. I never saw it. Or uh, I've only seen videos about them, but they're apparently pretty bad. We also but, managed um, to get she's actually basically the entire cast <laughs> of the Sandra Bullock vehicle, The Lost City. That's in true. Because Brad Pitt is in that, and so is Sandra Bullock, and so is Channing Tatum, and they are both cameos in this movie. Yes, this movie is really weird. <laughs> it's really weird, and there's a bunch of cameos in it that are just random. Like Ryan Reynolds shows Ryan up for two Reynolds, seconds. Right. Um, Bad Bunny is what is is I think the wolf plays the wolf. And Zazie Beats. Yes, Zazie Beats is plays the Hornet. Logan Lerman is the son, which he doesn't look anything like himself. It's crazy. Masi Oka from Heroes is the guy who takes That's tickets. That's who that was. Uh-huh. I knew they looked familiar. Um, and Michael Shannon, of course, from Shape of Water, Knives Out. This is, a real, this is a real ensemble piece. Yes. Although it isn't. It's like so Brad Pitt's movie, but, but like there, I mean, like. All those people we just named are like so tertiary. The rest of the ensemble is rounded out by Lemon and Tangerine, who I think yeah, are I was both gonna say, so good. Really, really good. Like really good. I that's, didn't even realize see, it was- that's that's the other thing that like makes me feel so fondly for this movie being like an improv show. The they are the the next most important characters, the sort of secondary guys, and one of them has a bit the whole time. Yeah. His whole exactly. thing is Thomas the Tank Engine, and he relates all of his life philosophies to the characters from Thomas the Tank Engine to the point that it like is critical in like a a character reveal. Yes, absolutely. His partner sees this cute little girl and is like, "Oh, I'm sorry, you must just be a cute little girl." And then when he sees the diesel sticker on the back so of her funny. backpack, he's like, "Wait, you're a bad guy because my partner hates diesel." 
the yeah. Thomas the Tank Engine character. It's so the Thomas the Tank Engine running bit is really good, and the it's fact that he's great. like, "You're a diesel," and like Brad Pitt's like, "I'm not a diesel. You're a diesel." Yeah, like it's so fucking funny. Also, it's Aaron Taylor Johnson who was unrecognizable in this for me. I was like, I had no idea that was him. And that's the woman from The Queen's Gambit, right? Aaron no, Taylor that's- Johnson. <laughs> That's um no 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 sorry that's uh I can't think of another <laughs> Anya Taylor Joy I was trying to think of another multisyllable a Jonathan name Jonathan Taylor like, Thomas that's Jonathan Taylor Thomas <laughs> yeah 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 and then Brian Tyree Henry is Lemon and Aaron Taylor Johnson's Tangerine and they're twin brothers yeah right and the whole t- the whole time they're like oh the twins and Brad Pitt's like I don't think they're twins but then it turns out they are actually twins right <laughs> like it is or at the very least they're brothers like right. we know f- we, we they're like clear the to- same age and they were raised as brothers in like a whether or not they are biologically biologically twins or not is is hard to tell because I mean it could happen sure. You could have fraternal twins that, like, it would be very, very unlikely, but it right. could happen. Right. The the um, joke is one is, like, a tall, thin white guy, and the other is a more, like, square black guy. Yeah. So they don't look like twins at all. Um, but they are, apparently. Um, hilarious. They, they run out the ensemble. So it's, like, basically Brad Pitt, Joey King, who is the prince, which is the young woman, who the schoolgirl, like, like fake right. one who's the daughter of the, of the white death. Aaron Taylor Johnson, who's Tangerine, Brian Tyree Henry, who's Lemon, and then Andrew Koji, who it was also really good. And he, everyone in this is really good. Everyone's great. Is the other Brad thing. Like, everyone's doing a good so job. He's so funny. Yeah. He's like, he's doing great. He's an action star. He's a fighter. He's an assassin. And he also, like, is kind of a fucking beta. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's a smash and, or he's a he's a snatch and grab guy. Yes, nowadays, right. Yeah, he that's right. Kill. He's like trying not to like shoot or kill anybody anymore. Yeah, he doesn't kill people anymore. That's his whole thing, and this whole his whole shtick about the entire movie is he's trying not to kill people anymore. Right. Which he kind of doesn't succeed multiple times. He accidentally kills people, and he's always like ah, and he's like constantly talking about his therapist. Right. Barry. And he also he's he's talking to. The sort of man in the chair voice in his head. It's this woman's voice. And early on, I was like, that sounds like Sandra Bullock, but it couldn't be. And then toward the end of the movie, his handler shows up in person and it is Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, how did they get these people to like like Sandra Bullock just to do a voiceover role, I know. basically? I, Very interesting. But it's like this, this director must have a lot of like, cachet. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Yeah. So I feel like we've we're we're going kind of crazy scatter, but like this is what this movie is. Yeah, the the totally. actual story is entirely inconsequential. This is a journey movie. Yeah, which is funny because it literally is a journey, like yeah. from Tokyo to Kyoto, from point A to point B. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. Oh, and like things like um, obviously, like I said, the water bottle sequence, but like the um, the whole. Toward the end, the what's her face gets like mowed down by a tangerine truck, and then we see after the credits that it was tangerine driving the tangerine truck. Well, it was lemon driving the tangerine truck. Yeah, right, right, right. Because his brother was tangerine. Just like it, truly, (laughs) you know, in an improv show, if like a through line of like say a herald is like. 
someone's a super fan of Sandra Bullock and all they want is to meet Sandra Bullock. And then at the end, as all the threads are like intertwining and wrapping up, someone comes out and they're like, hi, it's me, Sandra Bullock. Like that basically is how this movie was. (laughs) Totally, totally, totally. With multiple things like the tangerine truck and literally Sandra Bullock showing up at the end. Yeah. Stuff like that, yeah. Um, it's a, it was a fun flick. I had a great time. Yeah, and it's just ensemble- completely crazy. <clears throat> the ensemble is really good. I'm trying to think of Star Wars points now. Okay, I've got like a dozen. Great, hit me up. So, I've got pros and cons. I'll rattle off the pros, or at least some of them, before we have to go to our break. Um, okay, this is a pro and a con. So it's a perfect one to start with. It is a small universe. Mm-hmm. Without realizing it, everybody on this train, every named character has, like, encountered one another before. Right. In, like, Europe or South America or, you know, like, it's crazy that they're all here again in Japan. Right. And, and Star Wars is that way. It's a small universe. But here's where the con is. In this movie, I think that works so well. I think, like... Again, mm. like an improv show, like a really good improv show, not only do you have a bunch of like um, memorable characters and plot lines, but like a great herald or like other forms like close quarters, which is exactly what this movie is. Yeah. You, you establish a world and a tone. Um, and, you know, in many cases, that tone is imposed upon you by your form like for us for example we're in anarchy the improvised rock opera all of our shows are going to tend toward teen angst and of course music sung um yeah or like the improvised shakespeare company or uh hitch cocktails like you're 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 laying on a theme but or, or rather an aesthetic but a good improv show with that that doesn't have that at the outset will a lot of times still create it and this movie does that too like it's yeah. like here's the tone it's crazy it's neon it's japanese neon. bullet train it's a yes. bunch of people who are like the best of the best in global assassinry <laughs> yes and they're all here together so like where this movie has a small small world in a good way, I think a lot of times people critique Star Wars, negatively mm. speaking, that is, as being like, how does everybody know everybody? Right, 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 right. You travel at the speed of light from one planet to the next, but everybody is each other's uncle? Yeah, totally. Um, so that, that is a pro, a pro and a con, like you're saying. So yeah, the con yeah. is that it, it works in favor for Bullet Train. It works in not in favor for Star right, Wars. Right, like content-wise, pro, meta, criticism-wise, con. <laughs> yeah, totally. Which led me to specific aesthetic and tone. While they aren't necessarily the same, Star Wars certainly, at least up until the kind of Disney Plus era, had a pretty defined specific aesthetic yeah it's it's verging toward marvel's anti-aesthetic more and more but um you know um let's see i wrote sneaking around of course they're sneaking around something that you've said before mike which i think is true for this movie is this movie looks like something you know (laughs) like it has a, a very clear aesthetic yeah and like you said, it's neon, which I think is a great word for it. It almost feels like Las Vegasy for some yeah, reason, totally. even though it's in Japan. Uh, maybe that's just because we were talking about Omega Mart on well, the last an anime. Patreon. Anime, yes, very anime. 
Yeah, Very I think stylized. this movie looks more like something than most things that have come out recently. Yeah. Um, agreed. Totally agreed. I wrote Sneaking Around, of course. Music, I can't really remember what all the music was. My memory was it was like needle drops. Like, I know the trailer had like yeah. Staying Alive in it. There's also a Japanese version of I Need a Hero. Oh, which right. Which is pretty fun. So there are some bops. Total um, needle drops, though. Lots of colorful characters, organized crime syndicates, samurai. Yeah, very um, good. Family reveals. Yeah, you find out someone good. is someone else's father or son or nephew or niece or whatever. Um, super fast travel. Now it might not be 0.5 past light speed, but it is about as close as humans can travel about on the ground. As close as you can get on the on the ground. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, oh, the like slow mo sequence as the train is crashing and we see Brad Pitt just like fly yeah. through all the cars backwards. I said was very reminiscent of the Last Jedi Super when, Leia scene. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny i love i love that scene too because he always says he has bad luck but then he he like amazingly doesn't die in yeah, that I crash mean, this this movie i mean that that actually was a point i guess i didn't write down um obi-wan famously in a new hope says luck in my experience is no such thing as luck but like yeah you're full of shit dude your yeah. best friend was the chosen one by literally fate Yes. So, like, so much that happens to you is luck, and so well, much that happens to Brad Pitt in this movie is luck. Well, and it's you said fate, which that's the other like big theme in this movie is like, is it luck or is it fate? Because right. like, that's the thing is like, are any of our choices, do any of our choices actually matter, or is everything just fated to happen? Right. And there is the the elder who is the fa- father of the father of. Um, the the son that was pushed off a roof. We didn't even talk about that, but there's yeah. the the schoolgirl like basically blackmailed the the guy into coming on the train so she could try to get him to kill the White Death. I'm telling you, it, trying to describe this movie is like trying to describe a dream. <laughs> it really is. But like the his father comes on. He's the elder, and he's like an older Japanese man, and he's constantly talking about fate. And he's like, fate has brought us here again so that I can like defeat the White Death and kill him. And so it's like, is it luck or is it fate or are those the same thing? Right. You know, like, like which one is it? And I think that's a really cool, fun twist, like not a twist, but it's a fun, like perspective to have in an action movie. Right. Right. Like an one that's like action comedy. Yeah. Like earthbound, like guns and fists type action. movie. Yeah. As opposed to like a magic, you know, like a Lord of the Rings or or a science fiction thing, you know, it's just like, this is earth and these are people fighting and we're talking about fate versus luck or if they're even, or if those are the same thing or not, which is really interesting. It's a good, it's a cool, it makes you think a little bit, you know? Yeah. But yeah, like every character has their like thing. They're, they're basically the people on a clue board. Yeah. Like they have their one thing, the Thomas, the tank engine thing, or the like, I'm unlucky thing or the, I'm a little girl like yes it's yeah it's just so clever Um, it really is and then let's see the only other pro i wrote down not to say that this is an exhaustive list but um the snake that provided the venom that was used in multiple different assassinations as part of backstories which is also great like truly everything is tied together in such a like herald way um but the snake is kind of like, so there's all these like human threats, but then there's also like the occasional monster threat. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the Dianoga or the Rancor or oh, yeah, Bokamut. Yeah, yeah. 
Burglet. <laughs> so um, nasty. And then let's see, cons I wrote down it's diverse. Yeah, now, it let is. Me, let, me, let me make sure I'm clear here to, if anyone happens to be a new listener. I don't think that diversity is a con in films. But no, I no, do no, no, think no, no. it is not terribly Star Wars. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, Except unless, unless we're talking about the newer era, era in which stuff, case sure. it's more... Yeah, 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 we're, yeah, yeah. we're starting to like go the opposite direction. But um, it's chaotic. And I think that fans of Star Wars, if, if there were a Star Wars movie that had this movie's tone, fans would not be having it. No. They'd be like, no, definitely not. it didn't take itself seriously. They would be very mad about the amount of jokes and levity in it. Yeah. And, and that's where I think this movie really threads a needle because the amount of like jokes in Deadpool is like a little too much. It, yeah. It, like it's fun. I liked the Deadpool movies, but it's like it undercuts me giving any fucking shit. Yeah. 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 Totally. And this movie, like I cared the whole time, but it was just like silly, you know, like all the sequence in the quiet car or the sequence in like the dining yes. car where like Brad Pitt takes a water and then he makes lemon pay for it. Like yeah, hilarious. So Cause like the, really the person who pushes the cart is between them and they're literally in the middle of trying to fight each other to the death. And he picks out like a really hefty water bottle <laughs> so that you can throw it at him. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and then let's see, what else did I write? Uh, the thing about the small universe. Oh, and then I also wrote that it has really good hand-to-hand combat action, which is like oh, a yeah, mixed totally. bag in Star Wars. You get that sometimes in Star Wars. Or, or at the very least, uh, there are very excellently choreographed fights in Star Wars. And there are bad ones. And then there are bad choreographed fights in yeah. Star Wars. I would say most of the fights in this movie are very excellently choreographed. Ray Park versus Ewan McGregor and Liam Neeson, great. Great. David Prowse versus Alec Guinness. Not so much. Not so great. A little stilted. Just kind of two old guys playing grab ass. <laughs> playing grab ass out there. It's kind of, come on, do some flips. Do some flips like Yoda does. Why aren't you flipping around? Oh, man. Well, do you have any other notes before we head to that the break? That was all of my Hasui notes. But Those I will say that the pros out quantified the cons by like three to one. I will say it's like not sci-fi um, or fantasy. It's very much taking place in the real world. Although it's a very stylized yeah, real Yeah, right. And, and it's stylized to the point of like um, detachment from this earth. Yes. I was just going to say, it's like it doesn't take place in our reality because right. it's too perfectly clean yeah. and like stylistic. Like right. every place, every place looks like the platonic ideal of that place. Right. Like, when they're in Mexico, it looks exactly like what you think Mexico looks like. When they're in <laughs> right. Japan, it's exactly where you think Japan looks like, you know, all for every location. Which, like, hey, that's Star Wars points. Like, the, like, planetary true. biome stuff. That's true, that's true, that's true. Coruscant is a neon public yeah. transportation planet. Hub. They really got that figured out. Have you seen the, have you seen the thing where it's, like, tech bros keep reinventing buses the bus. <laughs> yeah the bus or the train yeah i love that I was like we gotta figure out traffic what can we do and it's like well that this is the solution already exists yeah <laughs> um well should we jump into the break then and yeah. come back and play a game all right let's do it Woo-hoo! do you smell that it's bullshit alert 
the podcast where we lie, cheat, steal, and sometimes, yes, sometimes, it's the truth. Think you can sniff it out? Join Stephen Carter, Danny Marshall, and Lily Moss each week where we invite new guests, new stories, and of course, new bullshit. Find Bullshit Alert on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. And we're track! And we're track! Like on a trade. Yeah. Took me a second. Took me a second, but I got it. <laughs> All right, so this, I've got the game this week, and this movie has a lot of cameos. Ah, uh, it does. So Mike, Wait, we're by the way, talk- speaking of and we're track, should we just commit to the and we're back thing now, just always here on out being and we're bling parentheses? Confessions <laughs> of a king. What is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bling parentheses confessions of a king. Yeah, I think we should. That's the most, uh, it's the most like embarrassing. Welcoming. Uh, it's the most like, like um, what's the word I'm looking for? relatable yeah, everyone yeah. knows about it and loves it right so i think so yeah okay uh, ready? sorry go <laughs> ahead cameos yes cameos uh so we're, we're gonna go to cameo.com or we're not going to go to cameo.com but we are going to talk about i'm going to give you a game of does this person have a cameo or not Love you have to tell me this. if they do or if they don't okay that's great okay here we go ready let's start out let's start strong uh let me find my list here we go Brian Baumgartner. He definitely does. Kevin from Kevin the office. From the office. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you are correct. Now, I, how? What do you think his cost for individuals? To I like him? think I even remember this. What is it? Three hundred dollars. Two hundred twenty-five. You're very close. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, he makes a solid one million dollars from cameo. He's apparently like one of the most highest highest paid earners and cameo that's so crazy so he also has a office a rewatch podcast, podcast yeah. that is a competitor of sorts to the office ladies which right. of course the six of us the night that you and charlie yes. and nick and carissa <laughs> came over here like really read just really destroyed the office ladies show them what we thought about them yeah now speaking of the office ladies do either of them have cameo um interesting it it already feels kind of like cash in to do a podcast about the television show you were on. Mm-hmm. But Brian Baumgartner has done both. Here's here's my guess. I think Jenna Fisher doesn't and that Angela Kinsey does. Yeah, that's a great guess. <laughs> Neither of them do. Oh, okay, okay. Now, one more office one. Does Oscar Nunez plays Oscar? He has to. He does. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, let's see if I can find how much his are. This is a great game. <laughs> you can because also, for... Caitlin and I have been watching The Office like every night for the past like month. Nice. You can message him for a dollar. Uh, he, he does speak Spanish, too. I'm trying to th- see what his actual... Where it says his rate. I guess that doesn't say. I guess you have to message him first. And I'm not going to do that. Um, okay. Remind on. me to tell you a cameo story after this. <laughs> okay. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried. Well, he died. He's dead? He is dead. Oh, this is an old article. <laughs> but he definitely had a cameo. <laughs> he did definitely have a cameo. Yeah. I forgot that he died. Yeah, it sucks. 
That sucks. That's sad. He wasn't that old. Have or you seen his rendition of the Aristocrats no, at but the I know Comedy Central roast? I know it's like legendary. It's just like it's legendary in the fact that like all the people on the panel were like watching him bomb and then realized what it was he was doing. Like he he just like yeah. switched gears entirely and was like, I'll just do the aristocrats and they're all watching and they know exactly what's happening, but no one in the audience does. <laughs> yeah, that's that's wild. Okay, switching to they're sucking and the fucking <laughs> <laughs> Uh, does Hulk Hogan have a cameo? Oh, he has to. He must. Let's see. Survey says no, he doesn't have a cameo. But does Mick Foley have a cameo? Mick Foley? Is that also a wrestler? Also a professional wrestler. Then, yeah, probably. Yes, you're right. He does. I feel like all drag performers have a cameo, and wrestlers are drag queens. They Let's be are. clear. <laughs> they basically are. They're dra- drag queens for like, I don't know, for the rural area. Right. Um, let's see if I can find... I'm, I'm looking at mostly top earners, and then there's just a bunch of random ones that I've thrown in that like to try to trick you. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't see any drag queens among the list, unfortunately. Oh, th- there are lots. <laughs> I'm sure there are. Now, what about Mark Cuban? <sighs> It would be so silly if he did, but something tells me he does have one. Well, you are not correct. Okay, okay. I um, know that like some of the sharks do. Well, what does Mr. Wonderful have a cameo? Yes. You're correct. Which How much is do you so think... ridiculous. So he already has so much money. How much do you think it is for I an individual? I bet it's a lot. To... I bet it is certainly more than $100. Yeah. Is it like $500? More. 1000 more. What? Kevin, come on. <laughs> Kevin, come on. It's 1500 Crazy. That's wild, right? Uh, what about he, Billy by the Boyd? Way, no, I won't even say it. Keep going. <laughs> I'll tell you later. <laughs> Billy Boyd from Lord of the Rings. Uh, I bet he does. He's doing the office ladies with Mary Dominic Monaghan, but for Lord of the Rings. You are correct. He does have a cameo. Now, how Which, much by the way, that's who I would be. In Lord of the Rings? Yeah. I would be the little totally. boy singing for the mad steward as he chomps on a tomato oh, after he sent his son to die. <laughs> oh, How do we we sing that so often? There's only so many words to say. We are constantly thinking about that scene. It's just such a good scene. I'm so thrilled for Caitlin to see it. I I can't remember if if we were saying this on the show or not, or if it was during the pause as we took our commercial break there, but Caitlin and I are going to watch the Lord of the Rings movies. We just watched Fellowship (sighs) and... uh, so good. I'm very excited for her to see that sequence. Really, really good. Um, so how much do you think it is to book Billy Boyd? $300. Lower. Uh, $90. A little higher. 100. 190. 190, weird. Very random amount. Um, you can also get, if you want, Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan, which is their podcast. Yes. What's uh, it called? So you get them. The Friendship Onion. Oh, right. Yeah, that's not a good name. 
No, it's a bad name. Uh, but you can get them both, apparently, which is fun. Now, what about Sean Astin? I bet he does, too. Rounding out the fellowship. You are correct. Yeah. How much does he charge? I bet he charges more than Billy Boyd, because he was Rudy. And Goonies. And Goonies. Yeah, he was Goonies. He's 300 You're $5 off. That's incredible. 295 295. I'm just gonna keep guessing 300. Just keep guessing 300. You'll be close enough. Gerard Butler, 300. 300. Zack Snyder, um, 300. 300. Frank oh, Miller, wait, what? 300. <laughs> Holy cow! What's how is, he's doing it? He's doing it. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. Let me get back to my article. Have you here. seen? Did I can't remember if we've talked about this. The show, the other two. Yes, I love the other two. The episode when Carrie gets a cameo. Yes. And he is like just fa- he's he's <laughs> he's on the Gay Minute sponsored by yes. Advil or whatever so he's like gas station television famous and yes. so he learns that he can charge as much as $18. <laughs> That's so funny. So good. <laughs> he has one where he's like something like um Hey, princess, it's Carrie Dubeck. I'm wishing you a happy birthday, and you are a dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, does Rudy Giuliani have a cameo? Yes. Yeah, he does. He was on The Masked Singer, so he's got to have a cameo. Which is seems crazy to me. Yeah. He's such a terrible person, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, who would want to see his nasty little face telling you something? I hope this is the terrible person arc of this game because I have a, my, my, my cameo story is a terrible person story. Oh, good. Does Ted Cruz have a cameo? I don't think so. Uh, let me double check. I like made some of these to just off the top of my head. I didn't actually check. No, he doesn't have a cameo. Yeah. I feel like if you're in current office, you're playing with fire. Yeah. Like, to have a cameo. You know, Giuliani's just, like, nothing now. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's just, like, he's not, like, an uh, active politician anymore. Oh, yeah, how much is Rudy, Rudy Giuliani? Hundreds. 300. 325! <laughs> You're so close every time. 300 is the right guess to make. Okay, um, let's see. A couple more... Michael Rappaport. Definitely. Yes, he does. How much how much does he charge? Three hundred dollars. <laughs> Less. Uh one ninety. That's so close, you're nine dollars off. One ninety nine? One ninety nine. That's funny. You now, wanna know my first exposure to Michael Rappaport? Sure. Season four or perhaps three of Prison Break. <laughs> so random. Doesn't he suck for some reason? I can't Probably. remember. He probably sucks. He's like a white comedian, so he probably sucks. Um, He's kind a of white, a like old guy comedian. What do you think? You're better than me, kind of guy. So yeah, probably exactly. He probably sucks in some regard. Uh, let's see, Louis C.K. Speaking of white comedians who suck. Oh boy. Uh, something tells me, as crazy as this sentence is about to sound, he thinks that that's below him. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think he does. He doesn't. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Oh gosh. Okay. Let's do just a few more here. Where'd my list go? 
Okay, here we go. Debbie Gibson. She sang Gloria. Is that right? Yes. Who's that? She's an 80s singer. Probably. I'm going to guess yes. Do you think she had a cameo? Yeah. She does. How much? Double digits. $90. No. $300. Oh, my God. <laughs> the one time I didn't guess 300 The one time you didn't guess 300 A lot of people are charging uh, around 300 I bet you, know? you that's, the, that's the thing. You know, like... um. You don't want to charge too little or otherwise people are all going to, yes, you know, like, um, exactly. like that's what Airbnb managers say. Like if you charge a hundred dollars, everyone's going to book it all the time and they're going to trash the place. But if you charge $300, you're still going to get one person every weekend, but they'll take care of it. Exactly. 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 You can't price yourself out of the market um, by pricing yourself too low. Right. You need to make it worth your energy which is crazy because it takes you like 20 seconds to record a video for someone but like yeah if you get a million of them you're not gonna have yeah. time what about carol baskins of oh, tiger gotta. king she's fame. got to she does she yeah. does she does she does she does let's see how much is hers it's double digits gotta be i think so i'm gonna guess 99 dollars. no way more 300 249. Wow. That's crazy. Girl. Perez Hilton. Yeah, he has to. He does. He has a perfect five star rating according to this article. I'll guess $300 for him as well, I guess. But I feel like it's lower. Wow. He doesn't value himself. We're talking. 74 ah yeah i you know that's the other price point that i feel like is accessible while still being sort of cost prohibitive if like all you have is two nickels to scrape together you know like i think carson cressley is like 75 dollars yeah uh what about lance bass um yeah how much does uh 100 300. Say your other say your other guess. <laughs> Three hundred. Two ninety nine. <laughs> okay, that's a, that's a, that's all. Of them. Man, back in my day, you could get a cameo for fifteen bucks. Yeah, and it was of some random guy from like the background of Community. Here's what I want. What's your, what's your cameo story? The guy from Cameo, the band that sang "Word Up." Ooh. I can't remember his name, but I want him to do uh, a whole a whole channel or account or whatever where he speaks to you. He says happy birthday or happy bachelorette party or whatever, but he's not in the screen. He's like off to the side and he's holding yeah. up a little necklace with a silhouette of a person on it. A cameo. So it's a cameo. It's a cameo from Cameo holding a cameo. I love that. Or rather, that a be... cameo from a cameo as performed by Cameo. Yeah, that's really good. Um, that I don't good. know if it's really good. No, that's really good. <laughs> so I my, like it. my cameo, it's not even my cameo story, but... Um, and, and now, folks, you'll never know what Mike's story was because yeah, yeah. I cut it out of the podcast. It's good, take though. That. <laughs> it was a good story. I enjoyed it. <clears throat> um, okay, what the hell are we talking about? 
Bullet Train, how Star Wars is it? Just really quick, of course, we're recording this prior to Christmas, but um, you're hearing this afterwards, so this might not be relevant to you, but I highly recommend the playlist. Let me go back to the home screen. Of my, It's called Cozy Christmas Jazz. Ooh. And it's just instrumental jazz in the way of like uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, but of like all Christmas songs. And may I also recommend another Spotify playlist called Hey Arnold Vibes, Chill Instrumental Jazz. Oh, nice. That sounds it's really like good. It's like hip-hop jazz, kind of. Yeah. Anyway, I uh, don't know why I bothered to say that. We're talking about Bullet Train this week here on the show. When I was a kid... In, in like kindergarten or second grade or something like that, we had to do a project, probably like second grade or third grade, because it was a project. And I feel like in kindergarten, you don't have projects. Right. Um, Your mom does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we had a pro. Well, it was a project like during school where we, where we had to like, I think it was something like come up with a, um, selling a product uh, with a cartoon character as the like mascot or whatever. Uh-huh. So they were like, pick a cartoon character. So we were in our little groups of four, you know, our little tables of four. And they're like, pick a cartoon character. And so everyone was picking like really like iconic, famous ones like Mickey Mouse or Bugs Bunny mm-hmm. or like Arthur. I, not as famous or iconic, but still like stuff that I couldn't, I would know about right. being the child who only had the main five channels. <laughs> only had Arthur. <laughs> and then my group was like, we should do Hey Arnold. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. know what that is. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. And they were like, yeah, let's do Harold. Everybody wanted to do Harold. And I felt the smallest <laughs> I had ever felt in my yeah. life. That same feeling like, when someone says like, uh, like a sexual term you haven't heard. So you have to pretend yeah. you know what it means. Yeah. Until you can go home and look it up. Yeah. It's the same energy as when I pretended that I had seen the inspector gadget movie when I was talking to a friend about it. Because I didn't want them to know that I hadn't seen it. Man, being like eight is so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. It's just like a constant stream of... of Pretending like you've seen a thing that your friends are talking about. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Until you can go home and then like maybe now you could watch it. But back then there was no hope. I couldn't watch it. Yeah. I didn't get it till it was on VHS. I have like vivid memories of being like pre-13 hearing someone do the sequence from austin powers spy who shagged me where it's like wang pay attention like all the different like words for penis or whatever and i was like (laughs) i'm just watching someone like riff and i don't even know that half of these words mean penis (laughs) yeah that was me with every anchorman quote in high school i was like haven't seen it and i didn't see it until college boy anyways we're embarrassing (laughs) yeah we are so how Star Wars is Bullet Train? Um, well, I made a pretty strong case made a, for and against, maybe less yeah. against, but you made the uh, the good point that it is not science fiction. It is not lasers and and lightsabers and Death Stars. It's also like better than most Star Wars yeah, stuff. I agree. In a weird way, it like does that sort of miracle thing of being both like high stakes action and very funny and entertaining. Like you said, it's a real like they thread the needle really well. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be like mid range low. I think. Here's I what. Here's recently. the tone. It's if Deadpool didn't look at the camera. Yeah, totally. And maybe totally, totally. tone down the quippiness a little. Yeah, totally. Because it's like he's quipping. People are like actually talking to each other. Yeah, it's like situational and, and real, despite being like heightened. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that here's something interesting that I, I saw a TikTok recently, which is this is just about Star Wars. I want to talk about Star Wars for a second. Does, does Star Wars is Star Wars suck? Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it kind of does, right? Like, yeah, because I saw this thing that was talking about they were like the the original conceit of the TikTok was like, how did J.K. Rowling fool us all into thinking that she was good at world building? Right, because she's actually her world building actually kind of sucks and is really contradictory of each other. Right. And then someone like stitched that TikTok and we're like, it's not good world building. It's an attractive sandbox. Mm-hmm. And they were like, that's the, there's a difference between that. And like Lord of the Rings has both where Lord of the Rings has an attractive sandbox and really good world building. Right. Harry Potter has an attractive sandbox, but not great world building. And they're like, how do I know this? Well, I like other things that have, that are also similarly bad, have an attractive sandbox and bad world building, like yeah. Star Wars and like Supernatural and stuff like that. And I'm I was really like, excited for you to see Andor because I would love to too. readdress this same conversation. Well, I'm going to watch it uh, this next two weeks. Like, so. you know how well, and you, you don't necessarily because you haven't seen the animated shows, but they do this too where like they have more time to invest yeah. in the realities that would just sort of have to be assumed by the world building in the movies. You know, like, there's an empire. What does galactic imperialism actually mean? We don't have right. time to cover that in a two-hour-long movie. We have to have, like, the epic showdown between the platonic good versus the platonic evil. But when a show has, like, 12 episodes or, like, the animated show is, like, 100 episodes to, like, right. explore what types of that that type of thing means it's like it makes the world feel like it isn't just like slush anymore like it feels like it does have like a grid to it like an infrastructure and like actual realities beyond that of like luke skywalker facing down a bunch of robots in a hallway so it sounds like all the stuff that i haven't watched is the stuff that makes the world building good and or in the clone wars yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 all right well i'm gonna watch Andor soon so uh, we're gonna address yeah, that it, it you know they made the point to focus on like human stories under imperial rule yeah and it makes the empire scary it makes the army feel like oh you're fighting a war Star Wars, uh, and I think you're right. I think by and large the um, Star Wars world is drag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, totally. But like the occasional thing will be like, whoa, there really is something here. Like Jedi Fallen Order, the video game was like, oh wow, they're like uncovering relics from an ancient civilization. Cool. Interesting. Cool. What is that? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's more to it. So anyway, I just wanted to like talk about that a little bit because it's interesting to me. And this movie has good world building, I think. Yeah. But let's give it a rating, I think. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do it out of Thomas stickers. Uh, that's really good. Mine's going to be out of fruit. <laughs> Okay. I think I think it's like approaching four. Yeah, I was gonna say like three and a half. Yeah, yeah. It's approaching four. I'll even just yeah. say four. And I'll say three and we'll even it out. There you go. There you go. 
Well, we did it, folks. Go watch this movie. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, and that's everything. So do you want us on the internet? Because if you do, you should follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Email us at a good podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And that's funny. So that's cool. <laughs> and that is funny. That's funny. And if you want even more of this nonsense, you can hear us attempt to do an improv show later this week on our Patreon. You can mm-hmm. also hear all of our weekly bonus episodes and film commentaries and other special entries in our back catalog over on patreon.com slash howstarwarsisit for just $5 a month. That's like one cold brew. Yeah, come on. That's a small just, cold brew That's a small tax. cold brew. Yeah. And honestly, you should tip your barista. So it's like way under what a small cold yeah. brew costs. You could totally afford it. Um, I, I come on, but yeah, Patreon uh, is where we do a bunch of extra kooky shit. So uh, yeah, you can join fun. our Discord server, a bunch of other stuff too. So check yeah. out Patreon.com/slash How Star Wars Is It for more fun. Check it out. But it's uh, that's and Happy uh, New Year and Happy New Year. We made it to 2023, which feels weird to say. See, it's like fake. It's so fake. We're still in 2022 right now when we're recording this, so it feels very fake. But, um, sandwiches to Star Wars, it's about time for Tubby Bye Bye. So, like we always say, we, we love, love you. you. And, and may, may the, the fourth, fourth be with you. Bye bye. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only one podcast to record. 8 22 p.m. I can watch nine more episodes of The Office. (laughs) Yes. Yes.